0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. May the Lord bestow upon us His grace and His blessing now and ever to the age of all ages, Amen. Love your enemies and do good to, to those who hate you. This commandment, which is one of the greatest commandments, the most difficult and challenging, which, which truly is the summary of the whole Gospel and the definition of what it means to be Christian. The one commandment which I think many people try in any way possible to find an excuse or an exception, a loophole or a condition that may make it invalid or to be limited in any way. So the Lord prefaces this commandment with a very important uh, guideline. He said, I say to you who hear, love your enemies. This uh, for us. Uh, reminds us those who are listening, those who have ears to hear, and those who desire to be truly the children of the Lord and the sons of the kingdom, as mentioned in the same gospel, that there will be great reward for those who are able to, to obey, to follow, and to uh, heed this command. Perhaps when we're young, we don't understand the concept of an en- enemy, or maybe the enemies are limited. And if someone does not have an experience of this, we usually advise them to wait a little bit until they discover how that evil works. Evil is not, uh, and our enemy truly is the one enemy, the enemy of all good. But what this word means in the original language, which is someone who hates, someone who conspires, someone who rejects, someone who has enmity, someone who has taken direction against others. It's not that we rejoice that we will have many enemies, (laughs) because even the true enemy is the one who is moving the other people who may do these things that the Lord is saying. Those who hate us, those who curse us, and those who spitefully use us. And this is just categories for all the different things and all the different ways that people may act against us. If someone truly focuses on the wrong that people do to us, we will become different people. Actually, we will be transformed by that negative, the feelings and the thoughts, so that we will be just like the people that we are so angry or upset with. But the true work of love, compassion, forgiveness, that the Lord teaches us to do, it transforms the enemies into not all of them, (laughs) but many of them, because it is not the condition that we follow this in order for the people to be changed, On the opposite. Even if someone does not give back to us something, we still give to follow the commandment, not only because they ask or because we love them, but because we love the Lord, and the Lord has instructed us to do the same. We must accept this commandment fully, without exception. And even in the worldly sense, what the Lord is asking for us is not possible in human means. It needs the heavenly power and the grace of God. It needs the power of the cross. It needs to be able to take things simply, to opt to love instead of to fight, to forgive instead of to take revenge. And this choice is the one not who doesn't think too highly of himself. Maybe sometimes we may act to protect our feelings or our loved ones from such attacks. And perhaps there may be a way uh, to do so. And it will take time even to really understand the implications and the motivations of what is happening when the Lord Jesus Christ told us in many ways and showed us in many ways how to love his enemies and how that even um, he doesn't dwell on the wrong. Most of the time that he spent with his disciples was speaking about the kingdom, about the virtues, about the way of the cross. He didn't dwell on what the enemies were doing to the point where even after the Lord had kept telling the disciples that they will crucify me, they will kill me. And then I will rise on the third day is as if they didn't hear it. Their minds were focused on other things uh, to the point where their hearts were not in full of rage or anger or bitterness against the, the people who were doing evil. If one of the disciples stood and looked at all the people that were cursing the Lord or spitting on him or dividing his garments, I don't know if they could function. They were afraid, yes, and they left. But their focus was on him, one of the great uh, saints who is often misunderstood and I don't think enough attention is given to St. Simon of Sarin, who was one of the blessed in all of humanity to carry the beloved, holy, and precious cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man started to receive the same accusations uh, and the same punishment or judgment as the Lord. And in the beginning, he did not accept. He didn't want. He wanted to be away from the enemies and away from the work of love to just stay in the safe zone and to be with his family in the quiet, peaceful, to worship and have nothing to do with this man or this judgment, this condemnation. But as... He tasted the sweetness of the glory of the cross. And as he understood the greatness of this man, who is not just any ordinary man, but the Lord of glory himself, he began to accept all of the things related to the cross, even to death itself, to the point where probably in the beginning they were pushing the man towards the cross. By the end of holding the cross and being with the Lord, they were pulling him away from the cross so that they could crucify the Lord on that cross. And he said, no, I'm willing, probably in his mind, to accept this on his behalf. He said, this is not your, your, your call, your blessing was to carry the cross. But this is my cross and each one to carry his own cross. To the point where uh, one person in his, in, in his intercession is very powerful because many people have neglected to ask for St. Simon. Uh, he is one of the forgotten uh, saints. The prayer that God asks us to pray for uh, those who spitefully use you and bless those who curse you, not just a simple blessing, say God bless you, but really the desire for the person to be blessed and, and even those who use us, not only that they discover they're wrong, but they discover the one to whom has the keys of glory. Many times when we pray for those people God allows us to understand better what is happening. Because we usually, when there are enemies, we start to ask why. And we start to go very quickly for condemning the sinners. And we can give a uh, dissertation about all the wrongs they committed against us without having even all of the facts. But when we pray for someone who we think uh, spitefully uses us or condemns us, God Uh, allows us to understand the situation better. Sometimes we understand our wrong better. Sometimes we understand the conditions of the person better. Or sometimes God will allow us to understand the glory of our obedience to the Gospel and to forget the little things and to look past that. This is no great act. It needs the power of the Spirit and a very humble heart and obedient faith. It is, it is uh, one, um, as one of, the, I was talking uh, to a pastor in another church, and he said, this gospel, I don't preach about it. So to the mind, it's one of the best gospels. He said, it's not practical. I said, exactly why we need <laughs> to hear how to fulfill the great and divine command. But like I said, many people, uh, it's so difficult that we may try and fail. And indeed, it's true. It's as if some people, when they swim in days like this, it's very hot. There's two approaches. There's one person who will jump and take the shock and then enjoy. There's another person that will go very gradual, step by step. It's actually more painful. It takes a lot longer. And the benefit is a little less, especially in certain parts. So sometimes in following the commandments, there are those who jump deeply very quickly and they obey the commandment and they rejoice in the truth. And other people, they try, at least in the first step, they're angry, but they stay silent. Then afterwards, they're not angry, but they're still silent. Then after that, they're not angry, they're speaking, but they're not yet fully loving and praying. Then after a while, they will pray and they will love and they will seek and then at the very end, to wash the feet. Because to wash the feet is not to ignore the dirt, but it's to, do, to remove the sin from the person. That's why the Lord said, if you love, you will help to remove the sins from the other people, not just to condemn the sinner, like they wanted to do for the sinful woman, <clears throat> but as the Lord did to transform that broken uh, heart and to transform it into one who understands truly the love of God. We don't need announcements about how dirty the person or the situation is. But when the Lord was washing the feet, it was very peaceful. It was very joyful. The disciples were so moved by the humility of the Lord that St. Peter was trying to uh, avoid it. But this quiet, joyful, loving act is the sign of the true disciple. Even if we imagine how the Lord could wash the feet of Judas, knowing even that after a short time he was just about to leave to betray his master. But the Lord said, no, this is fitting, this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness, what he told St. John the Baptist, even for the baptism. To enter into the way of love is the narrow path, the tight gate, the struggle and the challenges and difficulties that lead to such a joyful, sweet, and fruitful end. It is not just that we praise how beautiful the gospel is. But when someone seeks truly to fully obey and follow this commandment to love the enemies, that the heart begins to be open. The narrow path leads to a very wide garden, to able to accept all things. There is no bitterness that can enter the heart of one person who can love his enemies or her enemies. The person's life is full of forgiveness. That's why I usually say if you look at the elders, you'll find different categories. There's one that is full of bitterness <laughs> and nothing, no matter what you do for them, they're not really happy at any. And then there's another, even if the most difficult thing happens, they're full of compassion, of mercy, of love and forgiveness. And when you ask, well, why is it the case? It's because in their youth, and along the way, the many years, they're able to follow this. How, as the psalmist says, to seek the Lord diligently. That means with persistence, trying to obey the commandment. And when we don't, we come in the end of the day and say, Lord, I, I was weak, I, I was too proud, too arrogant, too bitter. Teach me how to love the way that you love, and to see the way that you see, to forgive the way that you forgive. Because we want to be your children and we want to be in your heavenly kingdom, and we want all the people to enjoy the heavenly blessings as you have promised us. May the Lord rich us enrich us with every spiritual blessing. Glory be to him now and never to the age of all ages Amen.